Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bi huda. Amma ba'd. We continue tonight with the sharh of Al-Ha'iyya for the great Imam Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood al-Sijistani rahimahullah. And tonight we take a new chapter from his book and that is the chapter which speaks about the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the divine decree. And the imam has dedicated a chapter to the qadr of Allah azza wa jal in his book of aqidah. And when you read the books of the salaf, the books of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah in Aqidah, you will almost always find a chapter that discusses the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that's for two reasons. Because the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal is from Iman. To believe in it is from Iman and it is obligatory. So there's no doubt it is a topic of Aqidah. And the second reason is because of the deviant sect who deviated regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal, as we will come to see. There are certain sects which came out and they became misguided and even disbelievers because of their corrupted belief regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. And that is why the ulama of Ahl-Sunnah speak about the Qadr in their books of Aqidah, so that they can clarify the truth. The Imam Rahimahullah, he says, وَبِالْقَدْرِ الْمَقْدُورِ أَيْقٍ فَإِنَّهُ دِعَامَةُ عَقْدِ الدِّينِ وَالدِّينِ أَفْيَحُ He says, and regarding the Qadr, the preordained divine decree of Allah, he says, Aiqin, have certainty. Regarding the Qadr of Allah, you, O Muslim, have certainty, which means affirm it and believe in it, since it is the pillar. It is one of the pillars of Iman. So the belief in the Qadr is the sixth pillar of Iman, as it came in the hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam. The famous hadith of Jibreel, when he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what is Iman? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned six things. He said, Iman is to believe in Allah, and tu'mina billahi, wa malaikatihi, wa rusuli, wa kutubi, wal yawmil akhir, wa tu'min bilqadr, khayrihi wa sharri. And at the end, he mentioned to believe in the Qadr, both its good and its evil. This is Iman. And that is why to believe in the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal is obligatory. And whoever denies it or has doubt in it is a disbeliever. Whoever denies it or has doubt in it is a disbeliever. Now, the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal, my brothers and sisters, it is a science that is studied. Okay? And regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal, there are a few points that the Muslim 
must understand and believe in with certainty. A few points. Besides these few points, we do not dwell into the topic of Qadr. And the reason for that is because our minds as a creation are too minute to understand the greatness of Allah Azza wa Jal. And as you will see, many of the Salaf, they would say that the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal is his secret that he kept from his servants. So our duty is not to have a full comprehensive understanding of the Qadr. We can't. Our duty is to believe in it with certainty and to understand certain points from it. But to have the full comprehension of the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal, we can't. We can't. And that's why the, some of the Salaf said it is from Allah Azza wa Jal's secrets. It is from his secrets. So our duty is to believe in it. And to believe in how it works, and that's it. This is what is required from us as believers. Okay? Belief in the Qadr is to believe that Allah Azza wa Jal, first and foremost, has knowledge of everything. Belief in the Qadr is to believe that Allah has knowledge of all things before they take place. This is very important. To have knowledge, to believe that Allah has knowledge of everything before it happens. Because we are going to see that there is a deviant sect known as the Qadariyya. The Qadariyya came out early in the time of the Salaf. Even in the time of some of the late Sahaba, the Qadariyya. And they believed that Allah does not know what happens until it happens. This is what the Qadariyya believed. That Allah does not know what happens until it happens. So for example, if I pick up this bottle of water, Allah did not know that I was going to pick up this bottle of water until I picked it up. So they've limited Allah's knowledge. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe Allah knows everything even before it happens. Yeah? Allah knows everything even before it happens. And the scholars of Islam have given a principle regarding Allah's knowledge and how great it is. They have a famous statement where they say, In Allah ya'lamu ma kan. وَمَا يَكُونَ وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ إِنْ كَانَ كَيْفَ يَكُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا كَانَ وَمَا يَكُونَ وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ إِنْ كَانَ كَيْفَ يَكُونَ What does this mean? إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا كَانَ Allah knows what was. Meaning Allah knows everything from the past. وَمَا يَكُونَ And He knows everything that will happen in the future. وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ He even knows what will never happen. If it was to happen, how it would happen. Again, Allah knows what was. And Allah knows what will be. 
and he knows what will never happen, if it happened, he will know how it would happen. Why did I speak about this last point? That last point is regarding the things that do not happen, if they were to happen, how they would happen. And the ulama give an example of this. For example, when Allah talks about the hypocrites in the Qur'an, would make excuses for not going out to jihad with Rasulullah Yeah? The hypocrites, they used to always come up with excuses why not to go out and fight. Like they would say our families, or they would say it's too hot, and whatever else. What does Allah say to the Prophet about them? Allah tells the Prophet so that they don't get demotivated. Him and the Sahaba, Allah says, if they went out with you, they will only cause you problems. So Allah knows what will not happen because the munafiqeen aren't going out. But if they were to go out, Allah knows what will happen. That's what the ulama mean, but Allah knows what does not happen. If it happens, how it happens. That shows you Allah's unlimited ilm. Allah's knowledge is not like our knowledge. Allah's knowledge is specific to him. It is not limited. The creation forgets knowledge. Allah never forgets. The creation learns something new. We are ignorant and then we learn. Allah never learns anything new. Allah always knew everything. This is part of Qadr. Part of the belief in Qadr is to believe Allah always knew everything before it happened. Understood? So it's to believe that Allah has knowledge of all things before they take place. And that Allah Azza wa Jal decreed and pre-arranged them before they occurred. And it is to believe in Allah's actions. Believing in the Qadr is to believe in Allah's actions. And his Mashi'ah, his will. And his want, his irada. And to believe in his creating. And originating. And belief in the Qadr is a fundamental affair in Islam. You cannot be a Muslim without believing in the Qadr. If someone believed in the five pillars of Iman, believing in Allah and his books and his angels and his messengers and the day of judgment, but denied belief in the Qadr, he is not a Muslim. Belief in the Qadr is a fundamental belief. It's a pillar. And any pillar that's missing nullifies a person's Iman and Islam. And the Qadr has been spoken about many times in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَقَدَّرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا He created everything and has measured it exactly according to its due measurements. This is from the Qadr. And Allah says, إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقُنَاهُ بِقَدَرٍ Indeed, everything we created with Qadr. So you cannot believe in Allah without believing in his Qadr. 
And what that means is he decreed its occurrence and willed its existence. Also, it means that he determined its descriptions and the time in which it will occur. Part of believing in the Qadr is to believe that Allah does things at specific times. And he allows things to happen at specific times. And thus, all things have been predetermined from every angle. The Sheikh says, everything has been legislated and maqdoor in the qadr from every angle number one from the angle of Allah's knowledge number two it being written in the preserved tablet number three Allah willing it to occur at specific times and number four Allah creating it and bringing it into existence these are four points the Shaykh Hafizahullah has mentioned regarding the angles of Qadr. In reality, as the scholars have mentioned, these four points, my brothers and sisters, they are called Maratibul Qadr. Maratibul Qadr means the four levels or four stages of Qadr. This is one of, if not the most important thing to learn regarding the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. To believe and understand these four points is pretty much everything that you need to know about the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. This is how Allah's Qadr works, my brothers and sisters. And that's what we are required to believe in. Four things. Four things related to the Qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. The first one is that Allah had knowledge of everything. This is the first stage of the Qadr. The first stage of Allah's Qadr is to believe that Allah Azza wa Jal had knowledge of everything as we spoke about. He had knowledge of everything before it even existed. He had knowledge of everything before he even willed it. Allah had knowledge of everything. Like we said, Allah never learned anything new. That's the first stage of Qadr. After Allah Azza wa Jal knowing everything that will happen, what did he then do? He wrote it. Where did Allah Azza wa Jal write it? In the Lawh al-Mahfuz, which is in the heavens, the preserved tablet. The Lawh al-Mahfuz, my brothers and sisters, Allah, these four points, the Shaykh's going to be discussing them in detail, each one. But we're giving you a summary to understand how it works before we go into that. So Allah Azza wa Jal knew everything. Then he wrote it. The hadith mentions that the first thing Allah created was the pen. The first thing that Allah created was the qalam, the pen. Then Allah Azza wa Jal ordered the pen, He commanded it. And He said to it, write. So the pen replied to Allah Azza wa Jal, what should I write? Allah said, write everything that will happen. 
until the end of times. So the pen wrote. You know when something happens or doesn't happen, what do people usually say? It was written or it wasn't written. Is that what people say? That's what it's referring to. Written where? In the lawh al-mahfuz. So that's the second stage of the qadr. Allah first knew everything, then he wrote everything that will happen. After writing everything, the third stage of the qadr is the mashia. Allah wills for it to happen. Yeah? The mashia means Allah's will. So first Allah knows, then he wrote, then he wills for things to happen. And that's the mashia of Allah. And that's why we say, inshaAllah. If Allah wills. Yeah? And the scholars give another principle regarding the mashia. They say, mashaAllahu kan, wa ma lam yasha, lam yakun. Whatever Allah wills will be, and what he does not will, will never be. That's regarding his will, his mashia. So this is the third stage of the qadr. So again, Allah first has knowledge of everything. Then he wrote everything. Then he wills for things to happen. That's the third stage. His mashia. He wills for it to happen. And the fourth and final stage, my brothers, is the khalq. After he wills it, he brings it into existence. He creates it. He allows it to happen. Yeah? And that is in a nutshell the qadr. If you understand these four points, you've understood the qadr. That's how Allah's qadr works. We do not need to expand more than that. To believe and understand his knowledge, to believe and understand that he wrote everything, to believe and understand that he wills for things to happen and whatever he does not will will never happen. And then to believe and understand that he creates everything after he wills it and he brings it into existence. And the best way to understand that is to apply it on yourself as a creation, you as a human. Before you were born, what do we say? Allah always knew that you will exist. That was his ilm. After he knew that you will exist, he wrote in the lawh al-mahfuz that Abdullah and Ahmad and Fulan will be born on this day. Written in the lawh al-mahfuz. After it was written, he willed for it to happen by your parents getting married and then having you as a child. And then after he willed it, you came as his creation. He created you. That's how the qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal works. Four stages. And the Sheikh will be discussing each one of those stages in detail and the topic of qadr 
is a very important one which many people have misunderstood and deviated from. Because people, when they do not have knowledge and they try to work out or think about the qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal, they might get confused and begin to have doubt and even fall into al-iyadu billah kufr. That's from their lack of hidayah and lack of knowledge. And we spoke about two sects that came out only because of the Qadr. And the Shaykh will mention them. They are the Qadariyya and the Jabariyya. The Qadariyya and the Jabariyya are two sects which came out in the time of the Salaf and they subhanallah opposed each other. They had completely opposite beliefs and each one was kufr. Each one is disbelief. Why? Because they did not understand the topic of qadr correctly. And these people are from those who did not look into the Qur'an and the prophetic narrations, the sunnah. Rather they chose to rely upon their own faulty intellects and delusional ideologies. Once the person tries to rely on his intellect rather than the Qur'an and the sunnah, he'll be deviated. Because the intellect is not your scale. Your intellect and my intellect and his intellect is too minute to understand Allah and the greatness of Allah. So our scale, our mizan is the Qur'an and the Sunnah. It's not my mind and your mind. But these people, the people of innovation, they made their intellect to be the foundation and that's what led them astray. As a result, they completely lost their minds in a horrendous fashion. The Sheikh says, As for the people of the Sunnah and Jama'ah, Allah guided them to believe in the Qadr in the manner that Allah intended. And as is necessitated by the Book of Allah, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and the Sunnah. And one finds that after researching the affair of the Qadr, it consists of many components. Firstly, the meaning of the Qadr. As for divine decree, it means Allah predetermined and willed for things to occur, creating them at specific times. Likewise, this is the meaning of the preordainment. In most of the expressions, preordainment and divine decree are used to refer to the same thing, other than the fact that preordainment is more general than divine decree, sometimes preordainment is used with the meaning of judging between the people. As Allah says, Inna Rabbaka Yaqdi. Sometimes that word Yaqdi is used as to judge. Secondly, the ruling pertaining to believing in the Qadr. Belief in the Qadr is obligatory. You don't have a choice. To be a Muslim, a believer, you must believe in the Qadr. 
to believe in it as Allah wants us to. As Allah wants us to. And we can only believe in it to the amount that Allah taught us about it. True or not, we can only believe in something to the amount of what Allah has given us knowledge of that thing. And that's why the Salaf said the divine decree is Allah's secret, which He kept hidden from His creation. And when researching the matter of Qadr, it is not allowed to go beyond the bounds of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. When researching the Qadr of Allah, you're not allowed to go past the verses and the hadiths. Delving too deeply since it would lead to misguidance and confusion. A lot of people ask, but how? How did Allah do this? And how is Allah's qadr? And why does Allah do this and allow this to happen if he knew it happened? And so a lot of these questions which the ulama have answered, but they only pop up because of a person's lack of understanding regarding the fundamental points of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree. So his divine decree is the secret of Allah which he kept hidden from his creation. So when you become engrossed with this matter, researching it, you will not arrive at any result because you are searching for something that Allah has kept hidden from his khalq. Hidden from his khalq meaning to have a full grasp understanding of it. You can't. You can only understand from it what Allah taught you. That's it. You can only understand from it what Allah taught you. The Shaykh says, therefore it is sufficient for you to believe in it. And this is our Iman. We have no problem in believing in things that we do not see. And we do not fully comprehend. Even Jannah, we cannot comprehend it. What did Allah Azza wa Jal say in the hadith? I have prepared for my righteous slaves what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no heart can comprehend. Yet we believe in Jannah with certainty. And we know about Jannah what Allah taught us about it. Hellfire, we have not seen it, but we believe in it with certainty. Because this ummah is an ummah that believes in the ghaib. The first thing Allah praises the believers for in the Qur'an, in the opening verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, first thing, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who believe in the unseen. We are an ummah that believes in the unseen. We are an ummah of سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا Even if our minds do not comprehend something. If Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have said it, we hear and we obey. And we believe in it. We do not have to understand things. If we understand them, alhamdulillah, this is a bonus. It's a bonus. But if we don't, 
it does not mean we reject. This is the way of the people of innovation. The people of innovation, they put al-aql over the naql, the mind over the text. And that means if something does not make sense intellectually, they do not accept it. This is how the people of innovation became misguided. So if they reject a hadith or a verse and you ask them why, they will say to you because it does not make sense to accept it. Make sense to who? Whose intellect is the judge? Mine or yours? This intellect is a problem for some people. Because according to some people, if it does not make sense, they don't accept it. This is batil. If something does not make sense to you, it might make sense to someone else. And even if it does not make sense to anyone, we have yaqeen in the words of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa And we know that there is hikmah and wisdom in everything, regardless if we know it, or we don't. And the best way to refute the people of innovation who put intellect over everything else is from the Sahaba themselves, radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said in one of his statements that absolutely annihilated and destroyed every mubtadi' upon this manhaj. And they are many. Many of them follow this principle, my brothers, putting the intellect before the text. Don't be shocked if you hear people saying it doesn't make sense or we change it because it doesn't make sense or we can't comprehend it like that or whatever else. Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu in one of his famous statements, what did he say? He said, if the religion was based upon intellect, look, Ali ibn Abi Talib, he said, if our deen was based upon intellect, it would make more sense to wipe the bottom of the sock rather than the top. When you wipe your socks in wudu, where do you wipe? Top or bottom? Top. If your socks get dirty, where are they usually going to get dirty? Bottom. So Ali ibn Abi Talib is teaching us a great lesson. He said if the deen was based on intellect, it would make more sense to wipe the top, the bottom of the sock than the top. He said, but I witnessed Rasulullah sallallahu wipe the top. What does that tell us? The text is over the intellect. The kitab and the sunnah is preference over everything else. My mind and your mind, my intellect and your intellect is nothing. Allah gave us a brain to understand the Qur'an and the sunnah, that's all. Not to make a judge over the Qur'an and the sunnah, wal-iyadu billah. That's what led the people astray. When they started saying, does not make sense. Yes.
That's what led them astray. But we are an ummah of sami'na wa ata'na. We hear and we obey. If we know the wisdom behind something, alhamdulillah, it's a bonus. If we don't know the wisdom, we still surrender. That's what it means to submit to Allah. That you surrender to all his laws. No matter what. Inshallah we will continue with the chapter of Qadr in our next lesson bi idnillahi ta'ala wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam This program was presented by Albayan Radio the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah